0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to another Three Stars Podcast, Half Shot. Today, because we are at the beginning of a new year, and that means a lot of new changes and things to payrolls and such as that, Uh, we've got budgeting concerns amongst all of the bars and restaurants out there, and especially in the state of Colorado, we... We just keep going up and up in our minimum wage, which is a beautiful thing. It is. Uh, But we also, um, we, I would say, Samantha and I don't really understand all of the inner workings of things. So we have a special guest with us today. Yes! One of our friends and one of Brad's exes. (laughs) (laughs) I miss you. And sometimes current, uh, Mr. Kevin Speck. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Kevin is the current general manager of Left Hand Rhino Eats and Drinks. And, uh, we're, I, I don't know what the order of release is going to be if this will come out before the episode that we're going to do, but we will, yeah, that's uh, all you. we'll definitely get into more with Kevin, uh, in that episode. So if you're hearing this first, then go and listen to that next. Or if you hear that first, then you'll hear this next, and you'll know everything <laughs> you need to know about Cabin. <laughs> That's
1: a little, a little challenging. <laughs>
0: but uh, as I was saying, I wanted the half shot today to be about, uh, a, a little bit about payroll and budgeting because I think that front of house definitely does just does not understand the numbers the way we probably ought to, even being you know 20 years in the business. You know, Samantha's over 20 years, I'm just shy of 20 years. But we don't necessarily understand the numbers aspect of it and and how certain things are going. I've got one company I'm working for. We got one, you know, mammy jammy of a memo that kind of looked like we were going to make less money. And then we weren't sure if it meant more money. And I know, Kevin, you've been having to deal with it year after year of being in the management game. So, what are some of the challenges? I guess that happen when, especially in a state like Colorado, where we're constantly increasing in our minimum wage. What are some of those challenges that you deal with? Sure. Well,
2: like first and foremost, like I, I grew up in Indianapolis, and um, you know, back there, the tip minimum wage. I still think it's like two thirteen or two eighteen. So when I like started management, like. When you know, when my boss would ask me like, "Hey, like, how's labor?" I'm like, w- "Labor's fine. Like, it, is, <laughs> like, it costs us nothing. I could have, you know, twenty people come in, and it costs nothing." And so, it was absolutely, you know, a a huge uh, challenge and transition when I moved out here um, to really understand and 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 really deal with the massive increase in pay. So, um, really, one of the big challenges is that difference between front and back of house and that that um, hourly pay for a front of house person is the same as you're paying for an entree. Where, you know, it is um, you know, it's very hard when it's slow to have all of those staff members on hour after hour after after when there's there's no sales happening at all.
0: Um, and, yeah, and then that's, when they, that like that that's interesting I've never actually thought of it that way. Yeah, right it puts it's, it into it's perspective, you, yeah you have to sell it. at least okay. one entree per hour just to pay one staff member for that hour right
2: and and that's just on that's on you know the the tipped minimum wage you know that not even the the um you know standard minimum wage and that's just for for a front of house staff member let alone all of the uh back of house you know employees that are back there um before that you know everything opens prepping you know and then just standing there waiting for that like food item and sometimes it when you're Standing at that, like, you know, 30,000 foot level, you're like, oh, well, why do I have six staff members on and we've done $100, you know, so far in the first three hours? It's like, well, it it takes a lot of people to make this happen. Like, there's a reason people go out to restaurants. They don't want to cook at home. Like, it takes a lot to be able to, to put that on. And if you want what you've ordered in 10, 15 minutes sure. takes more than one
0: person to do that. Yeah. And um,
1: If you can imagine that, folks.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a challenge. <laughs> so it's funny because I, like, I never even think of like how... I mean, I do think <laughs> about it periodically about how those numbers build up. But yeah, all the hours before, right? If you've got four employees, they're three to four hours in advance. And I mean, forget about, like you know, Keeping the lights on and and all of the equipment being used and wear and tear of the building and all of the tools and then you've got you know minimally a hundred dollars an hour in labor for the first four hours, I mean that's minimum four hundred plus dollars that you need to make up going forward and that first hour is usually not bringing in even that amount of money. Yeah, right. You're looking at peak yep. hours in order yep. to do that.
2: And that is just the like line level front of house and back of house that doesn't include your management, that which is a constant another labor line.
0: Oh, right, that's all the time.
2: Yeah, which is all the time. So then there's this like there's this awkward balance for for managers to be like, okay, I don't think we're gonna do much money today, but do I bring someone in or bring X amount of people in or do I do it myself? And then there's this weird like, okay. In the, there's this like resentment that builds up sometimes <laughs> on those days. Cause it's like, well, why didn't you bring me in? Like, are you, oh, the manager's just trying to make all the money. And sometimes that can be true. I, I've worked in places where like the manager is just trying to, you know, work that good shift, make those tips. There's other times it's like, well, the manager's getting paid regardless. Cause they're a salaried, you know, mm-hmm. if they're a salaried manager, it's like they, maybe they, it wasn't in the books. If, you know, for instance, on a slow day f- for me right now, if we only do $500 or we only do $1,000, it it is like a very fine line between can I afford to have, you know, two people come in and, and work. And that's one front of house and one back of house or two back of house. Wow. And being able to go like, okay, like, no, I, I can't today because I don't think I'm going to do that. So now I'm just going to work the whole shift. Oh, my goodness. Uh,
0: and then what happens be- because a manager can't take the tips unless I think the... The rule is if they take care of the guest beginning to end, correct? There there is a (laughs) gray area. We did
1: come across that recently.
2: Yeah, there is some gray area. I think um, so if they're the only one on staff, like the tips have to go somewhere. Right. um, And the company can't claim the gratuity. So they have to go somewhere. Right. Um, so typically the manager, if they're the only person working. Now, if it's a manager and one other person working and it's a salaried manager, then regardless of how much work they did versus the tipped employee, the tipped employee makes all of that. Right. Um,
0: yeah, there were, yeah, there was stuff that I was reading where you can be an hourly manager or a supervisor, but the way the wording of the law works out it's if you are someone who does not typically receive a portion of the tip pool so it's really just a matter of you know semantics right like the how your title actually goes if if you're called a manager that ends up being a problem but you could be called like a bar lead right right yeah and you can be on a higher hourly as the bar Mm -hmm. lead and then Mm -hmm. get a portion of the tips really at any point yeah, I, and I think we're going to start seeing a lot more
2: hourly managers or hourly leads yeah. um, as as the minimum wage goes up um, so that they can pay the hourly managers less, but they can still be a part of a tip pool or make some sort of tips um, to,
1: compensate.
2: to compensate the fact yeah. that they can't have the higher salaries. Right. Well,
0: I mean, mm. I, towards my end of time at <laughs> Wincoop, I was made a... Uh, a supervisor. And when I clocked in as a supervisor, I was paid $25 an hour. And then when I clocked in as a bartender, and I didn't get any portion of of tips at that point. Uh, But when I clocked in as a bartender, I basically just had two clock in codes, so that I would then get the tipped minimum and I was on the on the bar and getting tips. Um, And I we have a friend who just became we have a friend we have well, we have a few friends, okay. but uh, we have one in particular who just opened uh, Riot House downtown, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and he took the bar lead position. And I think he's technically he's like bar supervisor, mm-hmm. uh, and he gets an hourly wage, and he goes in two days a week as that, and then he's on the bar whatever shifts he wants to be on the bar, which he of course would choose Friday and Saturday because then he's going to make you know the most to compensate for that hourly wage. And pretty much since the pandemic, and I was I was talking to another ex of mine, who I I said to him, oh actually, my brain immediately te- te-
1: freaks out. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Technically, uh, oh you didn't work you didn't work for him, but he was a GM at Wincoop as well, and he had gone somewhere else. And I told, and he asked if I knew anyone that wanted in, you know, as a manager at the new spot that he went to, and I told him that. You just can't pay enough right now. No. Like if you want that, you need to be paying the, you know, you need to be paying them on an hourly and then include them in tip pools and and have it work that way.
2: And I think this is going to be a big thing moving forward in, in, in the hospitality and restaurant industry is the, the flexibility um, on both sides for... For both, you know, front of house, back of house employees to, to be able to work more flexible shifts, but it's also going to be for management, I think, as well. Um, I think you're going to see a massive push for like a decrease in expectations of hours, mm-hmm. and and so that I think you're going to see more hourly management um, just universally because the wh- why would you work fifty to sixty hours a week and make what you're making when you could work twenty to thirty work less days, even if you worked 40 hours. And then, I mean, you're just making significantly better money. Your your lifestyle is better. Uh, I yeah. ask managers that mm-hmm. all the yeah. time.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I've been asked to go into management more times than I can count. And my constant go-to response is I work fewer hours. I make more money. I have a better quality of life. Less I mean, the, responsibility. The, less responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't have to babysit everybody. The only, yeah. you know, the only things that I can see in terms of benefits of, of management are, you know, guaranteed paid vacations, uh, you know, health insurance is generally more covered, uh, you know, eating for free, like those, those kinds of things. Right. But the quality of life and financially, you just have to be on a power trip, Kevin. Yeah, that's really all it is. Yeah, I just I
2: hate being told what to do and love telling everyone what to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would say you're like no. you're you're so totally exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I told you what to do all the time. Yeah, it's, it's fair. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Like for I guess a couple of things. Like for me, one like I was always. I think I was raised under the notion that like if you have a salary position position you're you're doing better in your career. I don't know. Um, which I, I, I was I th- like, th- yeah,
1: I really do. I think that was ingrained in all of us for yeah. a very and it still is the older generation seem to think that bartenders and servers are just piddly ass people who didn't hack it in the real right. world yeah. and yeah this you will know, go, go nothing into unless the, you're a manager
0: this will go into the the slide right into the get a real job yeah discussion <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. real yeah. quick but no you're you're absolutely right Kevin like that is like that's a stigma that goes along with it like almost that you're uh, you're more secure. You're more stable. What it used to be that you know you you got those benefit options of 401k and whatnot only as a manager. Mm-hmm. Now you get them as hourly employees as the well. The person who right? couldn't hack it. Yeah. In the real uh, world. So really quickly, from what I'm looking at on Department of uh, Indiana's tip minimum wage is still 2.13 an oh hour. Oh my gosh. Insane. We've talked about this on the show before about oh the God. tip minimum wage across different states and Colorado right now has among the highest mm. for uh, for tipped employees. I think, you know, you're looking at like Oregon, Washington, Nevada and maybe California. California, California. Yeah, for um, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got the whole list on here. I've, and the state I, of Colorado is actually different than Denver. Denver right. is much higher.
1: Yes, that is so, true. I and, just don't understand how some states can still think that that is acceptable. Uh, you know, because, yes, while people are making tips on top of that, a lot of people don't tip still in those states the 20%. They still tip ten percent or less, or fifteen percent, and you know, and the cost of living isn't as crazy as it is here, or California, or Washington, or New York, or wherever, But it's it's comparable, you know. It's it's right. not enough for them for the cost of living. You're still kind of barely scraping by, and I just that just blows my mind how these states are just.
0: Oh, Arizona is actually yeah. really high. Is it Arizona? I mean, I don't think this is updated for 2024 yet i think this is still the 2023 list but arizona is at 1135 which hey, is kind of mind-blowing oh uh, hawaii is really high also Aloha. but you it's know low, Kevin, what, what you when you brought that up about you know indiana i was thinking about how when i started in the industry i was making 213 an hour and that i remember in colorado it immediately jumped To 525, like in one in one year, like they said, okay, enough of that, boom, and it jumped up to to 525. And my GM was flipping out back then about what he was gonna do because suddenly his front of house labor just doubled Mm -hmm. and you know, and suddenly it was, you know, no more overtime, just willy-nilly, you know, ever get off the clock before you hit, you know, 40 hours and all of this stuff, which later led to a lawsuit. <laughs> uh, it was a, there was a class action lawsuit against TGI Fridays because people were clocking out but staying on so that they could still work and make their tips. Oh my goodness. And they yeah, they basically oh, I didn't and TJ Friday settled that lawsuit. Wow. Um, but it was it was a big deal. Like I think businesses I don't want to say that they get f- like forced into making really bad decisions, but they end up making really bad <laughs> decisions, right? I mean that that type of thing when you when you raise the labor like that. I mean, I know Kevin between uh, between Wincoop and Left Hand, you've definitely had to make a lot of staffing changes and decisions. And and there were budgetary concerns that you're like, well, I didn't see this coming, right?
2: Yeah, uh, that's that's happened. Uh, yeah, it's just every year now it seems it's like, all right, well, big changes are happening. Big changes are coming. I feel like um, at at Wincoop it was more um, – you know, I was less in control of of the budget that I have now at Left Hand, but at at Coop it was very much, uh, you can't have this, you can't have this. But what was so infuriating is like, okay, b- but why, why, why can't I? Like it was like, for instance, you know, we ran that place for a long time with two, three managers maybe, and that place is massive, or sometimes one, or one, <laughs> or, or sometimes <laughs> one, beast, yeah. Um, and then you're working 14, 16 hour days and then it's all back to the whole, like, why would you do this kind yeah. of thing? But, um, yeah, that, that was really frustrating, you know, and, and then you've got everyone else asking, well, well, why, why don't we have these things or, or why isn't there another manager or what, why don't we have a manager on, you know, the, in the pool hall and on the main level and why is there not a chef in the building and where's the sous chef? And I ask those questions like, every and, day. And, and, and sometimes <laughs> like I had the answers, but a lot of times it was like, I don't know. Like I know this seems silly, but I was like, I'm the general manager, and I have what the like what I'm allowed to have. But like a lot of times they're like, I, you know, because yeah. we won't hire someone because. Well, I mean, like,
0: <laughs> uh, so a, a TGI Fridays when it was properly staffed back in the day, when you know when we were busy, I mean, a record day for TGI Fridays was like fifteen thousand on a Friday or something like that. Uh, at least here in Colorado, um, the the. Staffing for management would be you would have two managers in the front of house. Like you'd you'd have an opener, a mid manager, and a closer, and you would have a kitchen manager or a some sort of manager in the back at all times, right? Um I I don't understand how a place like Wincoop that was easily th- three to four times the size of a TGI Fridays would close or open with one manager. I could see opening with one manager, but then not having another manager until the nighttime. And then maybe there were a couple hours of overlap and then it was back down to one manager.
2: And that manager then just calls in sick and so then it's like, what do you do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. The worst. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean there
0: were days that that you and and Rob. That when Rob was the GM before you got the position um, where he was he was there easily 80 hours a week, mm-hmm. you would come in and to be the closer and he should have gone home within an hour and he would stay for another four or you know three or, or yep. something like that. Right. And then the same thing happened to you when you became the GM because there just there was nobody. Right, you're you're running on maybe two people, maybe a supervisor if they would approve one. Right. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, like these budgeting concerns they cause restaurants and businesses to do really bad things and make bad decisions. Right.
2: And 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 I I I hope they're. I've heard that, that you know there's some they finally got some things figured out. I, I hope they have. Cause like for whoever's working there now for their mental health sake, like it, it's, it was a nightmare,
0: but, um, well, they just fired another friend of ours. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: shocker. Doo-doo-doo. Um, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> um, <laughs> at, at, I don't know. At left hand though, like we're at, it's, it's been very like, here's your budget. Here it is. There's no like hiding anything. Um, that you know, must uh, be nice. It, it's nice. It's, it's awesome, in, like, in a way where we're, I'm also, like, as open to the staff as, as I possibly can be. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about, uh, we'll, we'll put it on our nerd glasses here, and we'll talk about prime cost, um, where you just talk about, like, it's 60% we were trying to hit between go labor. Back, go back, and
1: back to that voice you had, though, when you put your nerd glasses <laughs> on. Well, <it's> Excelsior. <laughs> there you yeah. go. We'll <laughs> yeah. nerd
2: glasses on. Um, <laughs> so, like, we talk about, it all the time where it's like between labor and cogs um you know cost of goods sold like we're trying to hit 60 percent like that's what it's got to cost us and so when when you raise you know wages it's like okay well that didn't change the 60 percent target we're trying to hit either we need to make more money or we need to make things like and how are we going to do that so do do beers now cost nine dollars for a pint instead of eight dollars do our cocktails now going from $12 to $14 across the board, our sandwich uh, is as a burger in 2026 going to be $25. Like and and so you have to like start to just I have to pay people more, so how do we do that? And
0: So yeah. let me ask you this to put it into perspective. So let's say you raise beers by a dollar. How many beers do you sell on a busy day? Do you do you know that number?
2: Um I mean, it, it's like wind coop versus left hand would be massively different, but like f- for us, it'd be probably 500, 500, 600 beers. would so, be night.
0: so that amount, and this is to now go back to where we were at the beginning of this half shot, that barely covers the labor for the first four hours before even opening the doors. Sure. Right.
2: Yep.
1: That's four grand. If you do 500 beers at eight bucks a pop, that's four, four grand
0: yeah but i'm saying it's like right. the i'm saying the difference in that dollar the dollar difference mm-hmm. right going from $8, Eight to, to nine. $9 or $7 to $8 whatever you're you're looking at you know A another $500, $500 mm-hmm. that that covers like that first 4 hours plus I mean, that's the leasing of the space. Like, I There's just so be, many things oh involved gosh, with the numbers. So crazy. I find it fascinating and I don't want to take a pay cut to learn it. But one of the things that I've always said and, and, I, and I've appreciated because I've been there at Left Hand when we've had the meetings or you've sent out updates, being very transparent with the staff about, you know, we're moving into a slower time. We don't have any shows lined up across the way at Mission Ballroom. We don't have, you know, this going on or, you know, luckily you actually do a really good job of of hitting numbers, you know, some of it by luck because more people show up or or whatever for a show, right. but then some of it really by design. Um, but one of the things that I wish that more, um, more management would do is to actually explain what it means when you overpour this, when you give away that, when you, mm. you know, when when you stay on the clock an extra thirty minutes, just standing around, not even doing your side work, like how all of those things. Because I, I kind of think of it as like the uh, what, what's the the butterfly effect, right? Right. Um, which is, you know, basically a, a butterfly flaps its wings in Colorado, and that turns into a hurricane in the South Pacific, right? And, and now beers are $10. Yeah. <laughs> 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 thanks, butterfly. Right. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, especially when I get into these Facebook groups, I'm, I'm inundated by posts from people who don't understand the numbers, who get pissed off about... You know, and I don't think that this is a, a good thing, but it's like our owner says they're going to start charging us for silverware now for when they buy more silverware. I'm like, well, how many times have you fucking thrown out forks <laughs> and knives and spoons or not dug it back out of the trash when you did it accidentally? Like that stuff costs money. You know, when you dropped a whole rack of glassware yeah. and shattered everything, I mean, all of those costs are like legit hard costs and we as the front of house we don't see it we don't, we don't understand it. it we don't get it and I really wish that more like it's almost like it should be part of training to go over costs it should be part of shift meetings it there you should. go Kevin <laughs> <laughs> it should <laughs> if you're wondering what to talk about in the <laughs> shift meeting.
1: it should though because I don't like no joke I know it takes a lot of money to run a restaurant and to keep it going, but I don't realize how much money it takes until you're sitting here telling me the breakdown of it. And Brad brought up the good point of it should be explained, you know, the actual cost of overpouring. You may think just an extra five drops, just an extra quarter ounce, an eighth of an ounce of your your liquor is not a big deal. But when you do that, you know, microscopically and then macroscopically look at it every single day and you're not the only bartender doing it. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Right.
0: You know yeah, that it's a, it's a cost. It's a loss on your cost. It's a loss on your profit. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, let you know, let's just say, I don't know, let, let's just take a number. Let's say it's $10 for, uh, for a shot of Grey Goose and we'll call that shot, uh, an ounce and a half. Right. And you overpour by half an ounce on 10 of those, right? So you're looking at what, 30, 40 bucks. I don't know. I know I was was going (laughs) to actually math this out, but my brain isn't working that fast. (laughs) But you're saying, let's just say like it's $3.33 per time that you overpour by a half ounce. So you're then looking at... You know, you do that ten times, yeah. That's thirty-three bucks in in profit, or well, not in profit, but that's thirty three bucks. You've that's lost. a bottle of gray goose. Yeah, right. That, that's, that yeah. You're missing. Yep. So just crazy.
2: Yeah. I, I think I, I do love like being transparent. And I love working for a company that wants me to be transparent. I, I think there's this like weird we should keep like all industry secrets or like, like in the industry. Cause like, I don't know, there is always this concern. If I start to share like what a keg of this cost me or what a bottle of this cost me and then what I'm charging per pour or what yeah, Right. I don't necessarily want every staff member or trust every staff member to have that knowledge. Cause then I don't want them to go tell the customer, well, like, right. Hey, this beer actually only costs us a dollar 25 to pour, but you're paying eight fifty for it. And it's like, well, you don't want the customer to feel like they're getting cheated Sure. But at the same time like if I don't charge 8.50 for that or I don't charge $13 for the gray goose and pay for that bottle and four pours like then it doesn't like then there's no restaurant yep. to be there. Right. Right? It's just Correct. like this weird But at the thing. same
0: but at the same time, I think that it has to come down to the, like there's there's a whole myriad of things that go into your your costs versus any sort of profits that you make. And the reality is that the average bar and restaurant only makes about 6%, right? I mean, give or take, right? Yeah. I think I've seen numbers as low as 3 much? to 5%. And then, of course, there are just ones that fail altogether. And then there are ones that go even higher, and that's great, but that's not the average right right so i while i understand the gatekeeping of all of your secrets <laughs> yeah. Gavin, um the reality is like the i think the more at least your responsible people understand about how things work that they're gonna they're gonna start to like pay attention we hope Well, it's like yeah. oh i we just hope i just dumped out a whole beer or something like that that's ooh, right that i understand what that means now and I, I don't know that that
2: partially foamy beer that I just decided just
0: to dump the
2: whole glass instead yeah. of just waiting just let it sit <laughs> let it yeah. sit for just a second.
0: <laughs> oh, I had uh, I had a GM once who was he was so on top of us about spillage that he ended up disconnecting the drain underneath the sink and putting a bucket under there just so that he could pull it out at the end of the night and. Show us and show, show us you. how oh, th- much we <gasps> wasted. I thought it was that? shift beers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this, <laughs>
2: right. this is a mishmash of everything. Some right.
1: sours, some Ippas. Yeah, that's right. mm. <laughs> oh, you
0: want shift beers? This is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a good long half shot. And yeah. we, this could be a, a continued a topic for sure. Um, but let's wrap this one up because we actually have an episode that we want we to get to. Record, to yeah. And uh, and we can't eat up all of Kevin's day. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Samantha and Kevin for joining on this half shot. Absolutely. And we will see you in the next episode and the next half shot.
1: Goodbye. Bye. Bye.